Hey everybody! This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by... Choco Grams. Choco Grams. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, we're heading straight into Thanksgiving, followed by uh, the merriest of Christmases and uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday you might be. Life Day, if you're into that, you know. I love like me a good Life Day. If you're if you're from Kashyyyk and you've got to get back to visit with the rest of the fam, sure. Uh, Trying to think of some names of Chewbacca's family. Very dumb names, if I remember correctly. Oh. Um, Lumpy? Lumpy is exactly right, Andy. He nailed it. Chewbacca's <laughs> son, Lumpy, could not uh, could not wait to see his dad on, on Life Day. Uh, but look, hey, Chocograms folks, they wanted to just pass along their wishes for a happy holiday for everyone. That's Thanksgiving. I know I'm playing Christmas music, but. Uh, and head over to Chaco Grams and say thanks for wishing us a happy holiday by uh, supporting them and buying yourself some delicious treats. Go to ilovechacograms.com. And uh, at the pro- at the checkout, you can enter the promo code Frank Sinatra. Come on. And uh, you'll get 15% off your first order. I mean, get some get some cocoa bombs, guys. Drink Choco some, bombs. Drink some hot. Well, you call it hot chocolate, and they call it Choco bombs. I call them cocoa bombs. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> got their own branding for their product. <laughs> Look, hot chocolate in a ball of delicious chocolate with surprises in the middle. What more could you want? Just go light a fire, stand next to it, hopefully in a fireplace, please, and uh, have a happy, happy time. Anyway, his uh, wife was named Mala, and his father was named Itchy. <laughs> it's a very. <laughs> and that's your info on Life Day. Everyone have a great Life Day. We'll see you in a second. Here's the show. Oh, I thought I could finish that at the same time as the music finishing. <laughs> FYI. Thanks, uh, everybody. Grams, uh, they said uh, just wish everybody a safe and happy holiday. And Matt uh, is throwing them something extra. They're good. They're nice people. So is Matt. <laughs> oh, thanks. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the galaxy's number one podcast for occasionally talking about Star Trek The Next Generation and Frank Sinatra. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm Devin Rao. And I'm God. And I'm the deputy. And I'm just an old man. I'm out of touch. And I'm not daydreaming either. And I'm not used to dying. And I'm no spring chicken. And I'm getting younger. And I'm... Well, look at me. And I'm annoyed. And, uh... 
I, uh, I'm not good at politics. And there we go. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. It's time for, uh, oh, boy, season six. We're, we're winding it down, and, it's, and, and we're, and we're going to talk about a special episode this week. It's called Frame of Mind, and uh, I'll answer the question for everybody. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? No. <laughs> it does it does some things well. Uh Frakes is great in it. Some excellent acting about happening in there. Yeah. Um but I mean look, it's a different it's a divergent episode. It's a very different kind of episode. Uh it is a different kind of episode. And uh I mean, let's be honest, I just really wish Beverly would stop having plays. They seem to really affect everybody. What happened last time? Uh, that was the Cyrano de Bergerac with uh, Barkley. Oh, yeah. Broccoli. Broccoli. And then he became super smart. I mean, it's just like her plays are just, they're just uh, topsy-turvy. <laughs> Is that the source yep, of the trouble? I think so. <laughs> wow. That's an Don't want to spoil theory. anything, but least valuable <laughs> player. <laughs> Beverly Crusher, theater director. Oh boy, she is an actress. Uh, with that said, it should probably uh, let's head over to the Admirals Club, shall we? Very good. Go to a five-star review and join the Admirals Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Uh, just head to Apple Podcasts uh, and leave a five-star review. You'll be. Uh, Welcome. Granted access to the Admirals Club, and uh, we might just single you out and, and read your review. As long as it's five stars, write whatever you want. Andy, who are we Who are we talking about this week? The first one is from Milanovic72, uh, uh, who's entitled uh, Admirals Club Admittance is entitled Omar and Andy <laughs> with an I. Um, and uh, Milanovic says, hi, my name is Omar. And I have a cat named Andy, short for Andromeda. Love this show. Found it several months ago and finally caught up. Can't wait for the rest. I was shocked at this. My my cat is named Omar. That is highly unlikely that there would be a a person named Omar and a cat named Andy. That is. It's, uh, I mean, talk about talk about your niche podcasts. Yeah, I'm looking for podcasts featuring me and my cat. Type, in, you type it into Google. That's how Omar found Yeah, it. I do. That's what I think. Omar You're Doing a Andy. name search for Omar Enter. and Andy. Oh, they have a podcast. <laughs> and uh, and Google kept kept saying, are you sure you're not spelling it A-N-D-Y? And he's like, no. Nope. They're just like, like me. Like, right. I better listen. <laughs> I don't like Star Trek, but I'll try. Um, Andromeda is an awesome name for a cat, by the way. <laughs> Uh, the next one is from uh, Go See Cal 81 um, and the title is uh, apostrophe no, um, not apostrophe, asterisk incoming subspace message from Starfleet Command Admiral Secunda's eyes only I'm going to read it to you guys anyway I, I got no respect for protocol uh, Starfleet Headquarters 24 incoming message. Sound effect for the uh, for the review, nice. go ahead 
Headquarters 24593, Federation Drive, San Francisco, California, United States, star date 12729.5. By order of Starfleet Command, in recognition of services rendered to Starfleet, the United Federation of Planets, and advancement of galactic peace and stability, Admirals Andrew Secunda and Matthew Myra are hereby, from this star date forward, promoted to the rank from the rank of Admiral of the Fleet to Admiral of the Rear. Starflight, Starfleet honors your service and extends its congratulations. Regrettably, your new dress uniforms were involved in an incident with the Sheliac <laughs> while en route. Uh, updated delivery of information to follow shortly. Live long and prosper. Admiral Silo Cybok Vulcan. Uh, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I mean, just Cybok and Vulcan make me laugh. Yeah. Uh, embassy to Karath Sanctuary, Shikar District, Vulcan. Uh, thank you for the promotion. I hope our uniforms uh, don't get lost in all the holiday shipping traffic. Oh, gosh. That's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, we'll never get uh, it. And the last Admiral and Midi I'll find a is... PlayStation 5 before I find that uniform. Now, are the PlayStation 5s okay? I heard some rumbling um, okay. that, that uh, maybe they weren't okay. Huh? It's the first gen of anything. It'll, I'm sure it'll break. Yeah. Uh, what's different about it? Just faster and can have cooler games? Yeah, Andy. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> uh, ATT Philippines Sapat is awful. Um that's just taking a shot at ATT, uh, which is reasonable. I've had my problems Wait, with them also. You mean American Telephone and Telegraph? I assume so. Okay. Because I think it's support uh, is awful. Okay. Um, so and uh, this, we got a, this, we got a five star review because of that. Uh, I think that's just their name. Oh, I see. Okay, it's not the Continue. title. Uh, the title is Andy sums it up perfectly, and then the bulk of the message is it's just quote it's just short of meandering. Then it ends. Andy Secunda. <laughs> I guess I said that at some point in the last that is, uh That's pretty much us to a T. And sometimes... I wonder if I was describing, describing us or I was describing... Guaranteed. Uh, yeah. You weren't. You're never... I, you cannot take that kind of a, a, a macro view of anything you're currently doing. That is inaccurate. I've described the show as meandering and all over the place many a time. Yes, but not succinctly as that, you know... Well, that's thing, true. It wouldn't have been that concise. Ends, you know? Yes. Right. Yeah, it would have been ram. I'm sure that was there was a piece of a long paragraph that I said even about the episode. Um, anyway, that's it for the Admirals Club. Oh, well, then we should go to the President's Circle. All right. Here we go. Wee! One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The United Uh, yes, it's the President's Circle. Do you want to be in here? It's luxurious. There's still a buffet. Even we're following all COVID protocols and allowing the food to be served safely. You want to come on in? All you got to do is head over to Patreon.com and become a member. Support the show. Help uh, Andy and I continue to make this podcast what it is. Meandering and followed by an ending. Uh, <laughs> we promise an ending every week. That's our one guarantee. The show will end every week, eventually. Uh, so uh, in the President's Circle, uh, that's the highest tier of the patrons, besides the Q Continuum. Uh, and you'll get four 
bonus podcast every month. Uh, currently, that means two episodes of Enterprise, two episodes of Voyager. We're going in order over there. We're still in the first season of both, so it's not too late. Come on by. Join us for the journey from the Delta Quadrant and at Warp 5 out of Earth. Uh, anyway, if you want to become a member, uh, head over there. Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. And uh, we like to single out uh, a particularly enjoyable comment and give them a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Uh, who is it this week? This week it is Lieutenant J.M. who writes us random observation that's always bugged me over all iterations of Star Trek. When they hail other ships, or anyone really, could they possibly give the person on the other end more than 0.5 of a second before deciding there is no response? I pictured the person on the other end hearing a hail notification, putting down their ham sandwich, dusting the crumbs off their hands, swinging their feet down off the console, cut back to wharf, no response, sir. <laughs> give them a minute, jeez. I like that everyone, you think everyone that they are uh, they're hailing is eating a sandwich. <laughs> That's what I would be doing. <laughs> Oh, 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 hang on. Oh, they fired weapons. Oh, I got more often than not. I got mayo on the console again. I got I got I, I got mayonnaise on my on my keyboard today. Yes, it was today. I got mayonnaise on it. It did. And it was like I was just like I just got so sad about it because yeah, sure. I was like, this is the fattest thing I've ever done. that can't be true (laughs) i've done a fatter things than that today i just i just mayonnaise just went up just alone in my office and mayonnaise fell on my fucking keyboard was it what kind of sandwich was Uh, it you know yeah i I, I like (laughs) if you were just eating raw mayonnaise then it was the fattest thing i've ever done i like to uh i like to make a cold cut sandwich every now and then but i treat myself on the weekend sometimes i'll order uh some french rolls from uh la brea bakery Oh, nice. What was the meat? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say. It was bologna, Andy. It was just bologna. It was Oscar Mayer. You didn't want to say that because Oscar you Meyer knew. bologna, and it was cheddar cheese. It was a bologna and cheese uh-huh. sandwich with mayo. The end. Right. And, I, and you didn't want to say that because you knew mayo shouldn't go on that sandwich. <laughs> oh, absolutely mayo should go on that sandwich. What are you talking about? Oh, what are you talking about? Hey, mayo hey, doesn't hey, go hey, on a... Spicy mustard on that? You're crazy. Yes, that's what goes on a bologna or a salami. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. A bologna. Uh, feel free to vote. A mortadella, in the poll. as my people call it. If you're in the it. Patreon, uh, you can vote on the poll. What goes on a bologna sandwich, mayo or mustard? Andy's running that poll <laughs> currently. All right, I will do it. <laughs> Can't wait to find out. Tune in next week, everyone. Put it, we'll see if I remember. Uh, <laughs> that's an, yet another reason to join Patreon. Um, on top of that, you get into the Priority One messages, oh, which we're going yes. into next. And uh, and I will spe- pay special attention to your messages to us first. Uh, that's right. And that means that you have the Priority One message. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Our first is from uh, Lieutenant Brett Schofield, who writes, I came across this on a Reddit recently. Someone months, this is going to be that that uh, that uh, link I sent you. Uh, someone, and I've got this, by the way, from many, many people. Someone some months ago spotted Devin Rall in an AARP commercial. Is that real? Many people sent this to me. Uh, I finally realized, all right, I, we're going to have to put this on the show. Um, Here it is, everybody. So- Ladies and gentlemen, Devin Aniral driving around talking about what it's like to be in the American Association of Retired People. Are you 50 or over? 
Let's take a ride and talk with some folks about the AARP <laughs> Auto Insurance Program from the Hartford. So, pal, how did it feel to turn 50? I feel great. Uh, you know, my family threw me a party. We celebrated. Well, Don't listen to him. He's controlling your mind and your emotions. Then you know that the Bucks got your back. The Buck? What's yeah, the, the Hartford the buck. buck. With the Hartford, you get great savings and exclusive benefits. Wow. Is that for people over 50? Yep. That means me now. That means you, man. That's okay. why you're driving right. with me. Look at that charming he is. He's very That's charming. That's dangerous but you, about him. If you look out the back window, there's a lot of edits happening here. go up if you're in an accident. I, I th- guess this is the long one. This is the two minute, full two minute version. Yeah. Yeah. So where they could show all that kind of real loose organic yeah. improv. Yeah, let's take a let's take a talk about talk about lifetime renewability here. Let's see what Matt has to say. Hi, I'm Matt McCoy. How long have you had your car? <laughs> Whoa. What if we had hi I'm Matt McCoy along with hi I'm Devonani Rawl? Yeah. I mean, that's, oh yeah. I just let's see. Here we go. Let's see if how fast I am here. Hi, I'm Matt. Ah, oh, I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Anyway, it's a hard, it was a hard. Move. Matt McCoy uh, is uh, on all kinds of AARP Hartford Insurance commercials. So way to go! It's a, it's a good bank for Matt McCoy. It sure is. It's a national ad. I don't know if you knew that, Andy, but according to uh, according to iSpot.tv, and the response has been seventy six percent positive. Hey, Matt, should I get back into commercial acting now that I'm unemployed? Oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. Why aren't you doing it right now? What are you even talking to me for? Get out of here. Go sell something. It was, it was the worst. I mean, if anybody's going to, if any of you people are people who are going to pay me to just hire me with that Secunda name that's so valuable. Look, then, uh, Andy, please do. you know, you're just, you know, you're one, you're one. I'm Andrew Secunda. You're one Stephanie Courtney away from being a gajillionaire, you know? They just lock oh, you man, into that. That would be so sweet. If Andy became the new Geico guy. Oh, Jesus. Wait, isn't the Geico guy a lizard? Yeah, yeah, but you'd be a Geico guy. He'd be the Geico gecko, yeah. and you'd be the Geico guy. It's a two-hander. Yeah, nobody trusts that gecko. It's a two-hander, it's a two-hander commercial, you see. I'm pitching the whole oh, you know, I'd, I'd also accept that. That's fine. <laughs> see you in the Geico. Gecko. <laughs> yeah. Gecko, come on. What are you doing, Gecko? I'm I'll just, be the straight man. I'm I don't just care. trying to save you some money, all right? <laughs> oh, you're so small, I almost stepped on oh, you. That, that's not nice. <laughs> that's a pretty good gecko, man. Thanks. <laughs> I'm saving. I'm saving. That's excellent. So much corner. money off of all my insurance. All right. I'm going to go, Andy. You've got it. There's also someone who watches commercials. I haven't watched commercials in about 20 Andy, years. Andy, why don't you tell the people how to save money on their insurance? I got to go. <laughs> he doesn't even cover the copy. I got to do that. Part of the two. Um, That's how it works. Sorry. Lieutenant Rob Baptiste writes us, uh, so many comments on what time of day it is on the ship. It's probably fresh in my mind from an Enterprise rewatch. We talked about this a lot last week. But in uh, season two, episode five, it is implied. Wait. It says two times two zero five. Two oh five. Two zero five. Oh, I see. The the it's not a it's the X, I think, is a mistake. No, that's that's no, how wait, it's that would be that's how it's season two. So it's season two, episode five. Yeah. I don't know. It says impl- it is implied that and it says spoilers. So I don't know. It would be spoilers since it's in the past for us. No, the, the spoilers. Um, he's talking about Enterprise. Oh, Enterprise. Well, I'm you sorry. read That's it. What you I, read the words. I know. I didn't process the Enterprise thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, it is implied that uh, for pol- proper political and diplomatic courtesy, uh, a ship should be sinking its onboard time to the time of the planet they are visiting. So the time of day on a ship 
is likely constantly in flux to get in sync with the planet they are headed towards so that our senior staff is awake during the host city's daytime. Mm. And then Lieutenant Chris O'Neill adds, uh, that sounds brutal, especially because planets will all have different day lengths. If you think scheduling a Zoom meeting with people in different time zones is hard, imagine imagine scheduling across the galaxy with beings that have completely different understandings of time. And then uh, Frederick Rombouts adds to that, but in Masterpiece Society, Troy says uh, she couldn't sleep because she must still be on Enterprise time, to be fair. They weren't expecting to find a colony there, so maybe they didn't have to sink to the ship's, the ship's That's clock. That's probably very true. They probably just were like, we're going to go about our business and not run into anyone. But wouldn't it just be standard protocol? I mean, they're not going to say, all right, on this planet, we're not going to do that. They would do it on all the planets. Well, not if they're on an uninhabited planet. I feel like you wouldn't make that exception. I feel for, like it's already it's such an insane But it's established system. that it's for diplomatic reasons. So, they're, you know, why, why, why do an unnecessary time change? You're just trying to get that extra hour of sleep, Matt. I think everyone on board the Enterprise, or except for Data, is. Um, Shart Carbuncle writes us. <laughs> uh, you love it. <laughs> it struck out. It stuck out to me that uh, people involved in the chase, the last episode, consider it to be a particularly Roddenberryan episode. The great cuckoo bird was on record as despising quote ancient aliens, the ancient aliens concept. The idea that human development was started or influenced by an outside force. He thought it diminished human accomplishment. To quote Gene, quote, ancient astronauts didn't build the pyramids. Human beings built the pyramids because they're clever and they work hard, end quote. To be fair, the idea did show up in track under his watch with shit like Apollo being an alien. For more background, the concept was popularized by an idiotically earnest book titled Chariots of the Gods, which was published in 1960. Do you know that book? Yeah, it's the whole... Every, the television show Ancient Aliens is completely based on... Oh, is that what it's based yes. on? Which was published in 1968. So this uh, stuff was in the zeitgeist during the production of the original Star Trek. It was dismissed as nonsense by most people, but the ideas persisted as a science fiction trope with new generations of creators constantly stumbling over it and thinking it's a wild original idea. But I think what Gene would have liked about the idea was that it was such an old civilization, billions upon billions of years old, that they seeded the primordial ooze of many planets uh, and then went extinct they never interfere they never were in any contact with any evolved uh, intelligent species you're saying thus thus reestablishing uh, thus yes humanity did do it on its own you know gotcha um it also reveals to you know to what degree i guess it really is it really says it right there he thought humanity was I guess superior is the wrong way to say it. He was it. proud of humanity and all it had accomplished. He was proud of humanity, but it is it is presented that humanity is kind of awesome in comparison to other species. But other species are fake. <laughs> right. But it is it is interesting that it's like it's xenophobic against species that we haven't met yet. <laughs> but it is a little xenophobic nonetheless. It's uh it's sort of touting humanity, which is great, but touting humanity is superior to other species. Fake species. Which is problematic. Huh? How is it problematic? They're fake. There's an attitude that is, I think, questionable. Okay. I can't get down this road again. I just don't think I'm humanity is that left great. Turn. Left turn. Left turn. <laughs> Light's red. I'm taking a left. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, uh. <laughs> God. 
<laughs> All right, enjoy yourself. Should've taken it right. Should've taken it right. Mark C, transporter chief of Rupert Grandel's Inside Straight and tour guide and gift shop manager for the artifact. <laughs> um says Andy and Matt pondered why the Curlin Nice Ghost was being kept on a starship rather than in a museum for scholars and the public to study. Well, Picard's desire to hoard valuables, valuable artifacts for himself continued. We briefly see the Curlin Nice Ghost in Picard when he visits his private storage room to look at Data's painting of Daj Soji. Um, leaving aside <laughs> just, that terrible plot thread. He just kept it. That's so funny. <laughs> Picard clearly decided that no one else should get to enjoy the incredible find since he locked it away. That is hilarious. I like that. <laughs> that that is This is mine. No one else may have it. That's no one else touch it. That's Medal of Valor. Ten thousand year old artifact. That. What's that? Medal of Valor worthy. That was a great one. I enjoyed that. You know what you're right. That should have been I mean you know, I'm 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 uh, not posthumously, you're still alive. Wow. I'm retroactively also giving you a Medal of Valor. Um, Lieutenant Jane Sukomsky writes, uh, I can't help but wonder why the Vulcans weren't part of this, quote, chase. Surely Vulcan scientists would be at least as informed as Klingons. Valid point. Uh, She's saying, why wasn't why why they? Chase? I don't know. Really, I can only say, writing-wise, the reason they weren't there is because the humans already get along with the... Uh, with the uh, Vulcans, and so it would be less impactful that they were patching up their differences through this new piece of information. Yeah, and I bet that Romulan would have contacted the Vulcan ship on its way out. You think it would have? Yeah. Maybe we're but not already... so different. <laughs> we already knew this. <laughs> Perhaps uh, another day, then. <laughs> um, uh, this one's a long one, but I thought it was uh, interesting in regards to archaeology. Uh, Lieutenant Gil Renberg writes, I'd like to challenge Professor Galen's description of Picard as someone who could have been the, quote, foremost archaeologist of his generation. I come at this from the perspective of someone who has a Ph.D. in classical studies and therefore has direct experience with archaeology and archaeologists. The idea that a professor can look at a student and be confident that he or she will develop into the top archaeologist is preposterous. Not only are there numerous numerous gifted archaeologists, but there isn't anyone who stands head and shoulders above all, all the others. While there is usually a, quote, foremost expert regarding a specific site, such as the ruins of Pompeii, there is not a single person who is the foremost archaeologist for all of the ancient Greek or Roman world. And even if there was, what about those who study the archaeology of China or the Aztecs of Native American tribes and so on? Clearly, the planet Earth does not have a foremost archaeologist, so how could the Federation? This seems to have been an unnecessary way for the writers to sell viewers on Picard's intellect and abilities, you know, rather than just being a promising student. I would had to say, be the most promising. yes, most of the time, but like, if you think of like Zahi Hawass, who is the guy that like, he's an Egyptian archaeologist. Is he the one found King Tut? Uh, no, but he is like the Egyptian archaeologist. Like... He's the expert on all of all of those Egyptian finds, but like, I think that's he's in point all the is, TV shows. He's in all the TV shows for Egypt. Yeah, yeah. Or is he? Yeah. yeah. So this is that's all. Gil's point is that you can say that someone's a, the best in that category. You can't say that they're the best archaeologist because everybody's the best in whatever their category. I mean, is. I would say that he's probably the best because he's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that's a real. <laughs> Therefore, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most famous in Matt's mind. Yes. I'll accept yes. that. 
Uh, Gil continues, as an aside, I'll add that I find it interesting that Starfleet Academy would employ one of the top archaeologists around, if not the top archaeologist. Uh, today, the world's top archaeologists are at the elite schools where you would expect to find them, while our military academies have no need of such expertise. But in the future, when exploring new civilizations is so essential to the mission, Starfleet Academy makes a point of hiring someone who would otherwise be at Harvard or Oxford. Um, hmm, exploring new civilizations is so essential. But wouldn't they also, this is me, wouldn't they also, you know, uh, uh, find a lot of ancient civilizations on, on planets that where there is no current civilization? So wouldn't the archaeologist be useful there? I'm disputing Gil here. I think um, you're saying the same thing, though. Isn't he saying that the top archaeologist would be working in in um, a an elite school as opposed to in a military, uh, being enlisted by the military? Uh, I mean, look, you could go to West Point and I'm sure take an archaeology class. Right. He's saying, though, the best of the best would be in an elite school, whereas... I think that's what he's saying. Whereas the archaeology, Starfleet is mostly interested in exploring new civilizations. Yeah, but I would say that uh, the preeminent like science school on Earth is Starfleet Academy. Therefore, the elite school is Starfleet yes. Academy. Is your point? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, obviously, as um, we see, we see. I mean. Uh, eventually you'll see it, but Oxford is still around in 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 Star Trek time, and Oxford has, you know, they have great professors there also. It is, it's uh, part of my, I don't know if headcanon is the, the correct usage of this, but uh, it, it's, it's sort of in my head, my vibe, is that Starfleet scoops up all the most valuable people, and it's like the most important thing on the planet. Is that inaccurate? On Earth. Or, uh, you mean outside of the planet. Whoa. Um, <laughs> it, no, I mean, look, I mean, it's presented as such in the show. It's the best of the best. And on Earth, do you think people are like Starfleet is the, the primary? No. No. All right. That's interesting. Do we know what it is? What the primary what is? I don't know. The most important thing on Earth is it just different, different, um, different uh, industries and different uh, specialties, and there's no one thing the way it is on current Earth. What is the current Earth's thing? I'm saying there is no specific thing. Yeah, I don't think. I, I think that, like I that. think the future Earth is a lot like current Earth. Right. Okay. You know, I think Fair that enough. you get a swath of the best and the brightest, you know, right stuff kind of people that end up at Starfleet. And I right. think you also get a swath of, of the most brilliant minds that end up uh, doing their own thing. I guess I felt like once the universe had expanded and we were sort of a part of this larger whole, like Leah I Brahms. feel like Starfleet would. Yeah. For instance, Leah Brahms is not in Starfleet. Right, but she's a right. theoretical propulsionist right. who works at the at the at the Utopia Planitia designing starship engines. Right, is Utopia Planitia is well, there is no money, so it's not a company. It's just a what? It's it's a it's shipyard, shipyard that is under the control of the government. Starfleet. 
Star. It is under the control of Starfleet, so she does work for Starfleet. Yeah, but she's not in Starfleet. That's weird. She's not like a lieutenant or an ensign. I see. Okay. She's just a brilliant scientist. Okay. Who's like, I want to design starship engines. And Starfleet's like, you can do it here. Come on over. She probably could. That's probably how that call went. Those. <laughs> it's not very good dialogue, man. Come on over. You can do it here. Oh, thanks. Do you need to, do you need to see any credentials or anything? Nope. All right. We're uh, actually, you know, we're building a new sh- enterprise. You know, we lost that other enterprise, uh, that Klingon attack with the Romulans. Remember that? No. Okay. Well, we're building a new enterprise, and we could use someone to design those engines. And then, she, yeah. oh, all right, yeah, sure. You know, you convince me. I'd read this novel. Thank you. Um, I'd read this this uh, this memory beta novel. Um, uh, Gil also says uh, this also raises the question of just how much archaeological training cadets at the academy receive. Uh, if it's just one semester or or a year. I doubt that Galen could have taught Picard enough to be able to see him in see in him quote foremostness. So was it really a substantial part of the curriculum? PS, I shared my observation with a friend who pointed out that Picard's other mentor at the academy was a groundskeeper. So might Picard if he pursued groundskeeping have been the foremost of his generation? I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that he could have been a great groundskeeper. He could have been the next booth. We must have we must have seen him be into gardening at some point or maybe he had a resentment uh, against it because of no, the he's into like because of the wine he's into pruning wine bushes yeah that's what i called it is he wine into it bushes <laughs> is he into it do we see him into it or is he sort of resentful of it huh is he into the pruning the wine bushes or is he in- resentful of it because his father put pressure on him uh he seems to take uh, he seems to take to the chateau picard Eventually, yes, and Picardy does. Yeah, and, and um, the last episode of TNG. The last priority one message is from Lieutenant David Sidhu, who writes: Matt said the Enterprise could have taken those two Cardass. Uh, he spells it Kardashian ships, with a winky face. Um, that made me wonder: what's the ratio of Galaxy class ships to other kinds of ships that we see in terms of power level? How many bird of praise? Winky face equate to one galaxy class ship romulan warbirds ferengi croissants and so on thanks for the pod you're welcome uh i wonder that as well well i mean you just like you look at the armaments of the enterprise it's got 250 photon torpedoes got two bays two torpedo bays it's got 10 no wait, are they? Tw- he's got twelve Type Ten phaser arrays, if I remember correctly. It's a pretty formidable ship. It can also sp- separate the saucer and the star drive session for a split vector attack. It's a pretty formidable vessel. So, is the Enterprise? Does it have torpedo bays on either side, or they're both on the front? Front and back. Nice, smart. Um, that's it for the priority one messages. What? What does that mean? We gotta leave. <laughs> Let me go to the hails. Go out into the hallway, the corridor. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. We only have one hail, uh, and it's wow. a tweet. All right. Um, uh, you might want to load up if you if you want to uh, some 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 soaring over California music. 
Um, well, we talked Jay about Rye. that sounding like something, remember? Oh, we talked about that, the Lower Decks theme sounding like the Soarin' Over California theme. Correct. Which would and, make uh, sense because every ship in Lower Decks is named after a California city. Well, here's here's the interesting thing. Um, Jay Rye uh, writes... Uh, Hey, Secunda, if you're wondering why you think the Soaring Over California theme sounds so Star Trek-y, look who wrote it, and it's Jerry Goldsmith. Whoa. Crazy town, huh? But also, is that the theme then? Like, I feel like they would definitely co-opt that. I'm going to ask. It doesn't sound like the Star Trek theme, but it does sound like Soaring Over California. (laughs) I'm asking. Who are you asking? One of the EPs. What are you asking? If it's the so- Soaring Over California theme music. It's not the actual Soaring it Over sounds California like theme it. music. Play the Soaring Over California theme We did the this. We did this back to back, and it was almost exactly the same. I'm just saying for ambiance. I'm not saying for comparison. Ambiance for what? The hail bag's over. <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, here. Uh, oh, wait. No, I just want the music. I don't want the whole ride. Although, I guess the ride doesn't have any... Play the Soarin' Over California Suite. <laughs> I think it's just one song. One. <laughs> I guess I'll kick it in. Nice. I gotta get back to Disneyland when it's safe. Real satisfying. And here's Lower Decks. It's not the same, but it is very close. It's really It's also because the orchestration really is almost close. the same. Um, it's very close. Anyway, yeah. you don't want me to ask? Yeah, ask. I was saying don't ask. All right. What's happening now? We close the hand. What is happening Did now? Did I close it? Uh, yeah, close it. Frequencies closed, sir. Well, now, now is when you want me to say time. Four. Wait, the best segment you, of all time. When, oh, hold wait. on. Now, now is when you want me to say the the information, right? Uh, remember, we I said that, and then we did it, and then I and then I, no, I said that I wanted it this way currently, and then right. and then you're like, no, no, it's the other way, and I was like, no, no, it's this way, and then we did it your way last yeah. week, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so remember? You remember? My, uh, I don't remember. I did, never remember you agreeing with me. That that is something that's always a shock. So shocking to me. I can't even uh, process just, it. Every time I do it, you just it's just it's white. It's white. Your memory is white. 
You see nothing. If you would like to send us a hail proper, uh, send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to find Matt on Twitter or Instagram, he's at Matt Myra. My Instagram handle is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. If you'd like, send us a voice hail, 816-TREK-TNC. And if you'd like to get into our Priority One messages for special treatment, join our Patreon on either level. And that's why it feels weird. I should hit this now. <laughs> and now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Frank Sinatra, come on. No, no, this is wrong. How is that wrong? We do this day in Trek first. No, is that true? Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. Is that true? (laughs) His brain is on Thanksgiving vacation already. Is that true? It's always this week in Trek first, and then and then for for hundreds of episodes, we were like, oh wait, we forgot the other thing. You're right. You're right. Well, let me tell you, the number one song this week is Freak Me by Silk. Andy, May 3rd, 1993, what's going on? Um, it's the number one song in the UK. It was Five Live by George Michael and Queen with Lisa Stansfield. That's got to be a better song than this. How is that not number one? Um, uh, number one movie, Indecent Proposal still. Number one book, The Bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller. Number one TV show that week, Home Improvement. And some events, South America agrees to hold it, its first multiracial elections. That's crazy that that happened in 1993. That's it. That's all that happened that week. It was a slow week. I'm sure other things happened. Now it's time to close the hails. <laughs> You're just creating chaos for no reason. And we might as well kick off the actual segment. Frank Sinatra, come on! It's time for that segment everybody hates. (laughs) Frank Sinatra, come on! Fly me to the moon. Andy! What was happening? Frank has had enough of the East Coast for now. (laughs) And he heads back to Vegas to start a six performance engagement. Where, Matt? Oh, I've got a guess. Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> Which hotel? Uh, the Sands? Frank's Hotel. Desert Inn. Uh, He's home away from home. The now defunct Desert Inn. That's it. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. Uh, thank you, Frank. Now let's check in with Larry Nemechek and see what is doing in the Star Trek Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. This is directed by James L. Conway, written by Brandon Braga. Frame of mind, here it is. With a few days rest before leading an undercover mission to rescue Federation hostages on the newly anarchic uh, Talonius, Talonius IV, Riker takes on the demanding role of mental health patient turned prisoner in the play Frame of Mind. <laughs> Haunted by the face of a strange alien lieutenant, Riker finds reality and the theater shifting back and forth uh, in a series of baffling segues as he finds himself first on the stage and then in a real assignment where his doctor, played by Data in the play, tells him to shed his starship fantasy. Haunted by doubt and recurring bleeding temple when he's on the starship, Riker finally convinced that his Starfleet career is an illusion. The alien he saw in the clinic administrator is the clinic administrator and that he will soon stand trial for murder. 
Worf and Data retrieve him, but aboard the ship, he still refuses to believe he's a Starfleet officer. Finally, when his temple continues to bleed despite Crusher's care, Riker senses he can't trust any of these realities, and he mentally breaks through each one in, uh, in turn to finally wake up in a lab on a table with a probe attached to his temple, eluding the Telonians for an emergency be- eluding the Telonians for an emergency beam out. He realizes that the memories of the starship and the play were the only thing that kept him sane while he had been drugged by his captors. Ooh. Drugged by his captors. Here is the play. And when do you think that will be? Well, now, right away. Why do you say that? Why does Why does every senior officer love acting? <laughs> they always act put upon too, but they really yeah, and then they all like and they all chew scenery like it's a yeah. like it's wheat thins. That's the thing. You I do. mean, my my conclusion is that uh, guys, I, I left the show and now you're hearing a promo for Sugar Rush on Netflix. Thanks, Netflix. Anyway, back to it. My conclusion is that uh, all twenty fourth century theater is melodramatic. <laughs> It, this is the only place they express their emotions anymore. Because no conflict exists. You're right. So they don't know what's too big. So everything has to, every piece of conflict that isn't done um, with phasers is done yeah. on the stage, on the boards. Yeah. <laughs> on the boards. That's right. Well, you said that when I was able to accept what I'd done and I understood the consequences of my actions, that I would be, I would be free to go. Free to go. You mean you don't think you should stand trial for what you did? No, I'm looking forward to proving my innocence. I thought you said you accepted what you did. Oh, he got you there, acting Riker. <laughs> that's that's not what I meant. I was sick when it happened. I wasn't responsible for what I did. How do I know you're not just telling me what I want to hear? Perhaps we should continue this discussion next week. No, I, I want to talk about this now. You're starting to sound angry again. Maybe you need another treatment. What I need is to get out of this cell. I've been locked in here for, for days. You've controlled my every move. You've told, you've told me what to eat and what to think and what to say. And then when I show a glimmer of independent thought, you strap me down. You inject me with drugs. You call it a treatment. You're becoming agitated. You bet. I'm agitated. I may be surrounded by insanity, but I'm not insane. And there's any, there isn't, there's nothing. Sorry. Could could we go back to, uh, to your becoming agitated? He's such a good actor that he's bad at acting like he's forgetting lines. I don't know if that's a good actor. (laughs) Not to say Freaksy isn't a good actor, but uh, I feel like he was indicating there. But I will say this. The opening, when he is playing it straight, it's like very nice naturalistic acting. And I love the choice to play it naturalistic and then slowly become more and more dramatic and theatrical as the scene goes on. I think that's really just the direction of one Beverly Crusher. You know what? You're right. I'm not giving her enough credit. <laughs> Good job, Beverly. Yeah, I think that's uh, Riker's choice. <laughs> Maybe most valuable crew member, huh? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this wraps up. 
know. He's so stressed out about it. It gives you know what? What's funny about this episode? It gave me so much stress to see how stressed out Riker was about this part, and that his fucking <laughs> friends weren't letting him get out of it. Right, and that and that's that, close. And that Picard was like, "Oh, thank God you're doing it. I didn't want to do that." That's right. Like, what are you? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I felt it's... I felt like so much like empathetic annoyance for him, <laughs> being forced to do something yes. for show business. <laughs> Most humanoids have the potential to be irrational. Perhaps you should attempt to access that part of your psyche. Thank you, Data. <gasps> I love that the subtext that in that also is it's it's poor form data to give to give directorial a directorial suggestion as a fellow actor that is not your place that is the director's place and I feel like it reads in in Beverly going thank you data oh I, I just took it as data being uh, obtuse no well that's fine about it humans. Because I feel like uh, Beverly's on it. She doesn't need uh, you meddling. Well, I mean, if she was, not, if she was uh, cool. so on it, she would have put her actor at ease. Instead, he's got to run around the ship stressed out about this play. My first year at the Academy. Yes, that's what your character is going through. But I want you, Will Riker, to relax. See, she wants best. the right thing. It'll be wonderful. You're going to knock him dead. Right. Unless you go insane, for real. <laughs> Unless you're for real, he's crazy. You control my every move. You tell me what to say, what to think, what to eat, what to say, what to think, what to eat. There's also a I huge commitment a glimmer while he's... ...of independent thought. You strap me down, inject me with drugs, call it a treatment. <laughs> what do you think of that specific acting from the background who <laughs> looked at him... Gave, gave him a look? Looked at him like he's crazy. I may be surrounded... Well, this is what I was thinking is... how uh, all, It's really funny to think of him walking to and from... The rehearsal space and just everybody being like what has happened to commander Riker? jesus christ look at this guy oh is jellico back i didn't hear <laughs> oh no we back to four shifts oh. i gotta go by insanity but i am not insane wait a second i get to work less that's great excuse me side note this species is I guess it's the species they mentioned that's on the planet, but why does that not bump anybody? What are you talking about? Oh, wait, it's all in his head, yeah. so that's why. Yeah. Never mind. So th- we're already in his head. Correct. And the previous scene was also in his head? The previous scene was in his Where he's head. rehearsing is also a memory? Yeah, I don't think we see anything of the reality until the yeah. very end of the episode. Right. Telonus 4? Didn't their government just collapse? It's in a state of total anarchy. When the Prime Minister was assassinated, a Federation research team was on the planet. It's believed that they were forced into hiding. Well, your mission will be to locate and to evacuate them. Can't they go to the local authorities? There are no local authorities. The government is splintered. It seems that there are various factions vying for power and they're desperate for weapons or technology of any kind. Apparently... Some of the factions have resorted to torture to gather their information. Well, you mean tying someone to a chair and punching them? No, no, torture, number one. Torture. <laughs> I'll have to go down That's a joke for the president and lieutenants. Agreed. 
Mr. Wolf is ready to Debate. give you a detailed briefing on Telonian Whether culture. Batman's a torturer or not. Well, Check it out. I guess I'll have to back out of Beverly's play after all. Oh, no. No. Fuck. Uh, he had an out here. God damn it. This for another five days. I'm so anxious about and this. Besides, I hate it. you back out, she'll come after me to play the part. He would be next up, huh? Uh, hello, Beverly. Listen, I have to go infiltrate uh, an anarch- anarchy society right now the, and, and rescue some hostages. Uh, I have to get to go down there and like full makeup and and uh, infiltrate them alone by myself. Uh, so uh, can't do your play. I got two things. One thing is, um. Nobody, the com- the commander nor the captain should be required to be in a two person play. <laughs> that is a lot of line memorization Look, and stuff to do. No one's and- requiring it. It's just Beverly is somehow lulling them into it. Maybe yeah. she's injecting them with something when they go to sick bay. Oh, maybe she's a mind controller. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, it's the only way she gets um, anyone to agree to do her plays. <laughs> Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Um, And the other thing is, uh, I understand this is just the pretense of the show. Riker should never be going on some kind of infiltration mission. They should have a specific team of people doing it. He's too important to the ship. It's insane. I agree. The southwest quarter is over 200 square kilometers. That's a lot of land for one man to cover. I guess I'd better pack an extra pair of boots. They do not wear boots. This apparel. <laughs> Only sandals. Research, you would know that. This Stallonian pendant is equipped with a communicator circuit. Hmm. Doesn't really match the outfit. I suggest you pay closer attention, Commander. Your life will be at stake. Did this strike you, you as kind of Q and Bond? Of course Matt? I do. Did I uh, say that again, Andy? Did this strike you as kind of Bond and Q, that interaction? Uh, oh, I didn't see it, but now I see it. And, and uh, it does now. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, sure. Because I'd like it pre- pre- returned intact for once. <laughs> because you will be posing as a merchant. Stop playing around, Commander bartering ceremony. You will be judged on your prowess with the blade. <laughs> this is very silly. It's truly, <laughs> it's truly this. ridiculous. <laughs> the only thing that makes this justifiable is that it's a dream yeah. because otherwise it's just like come on Worf is, is showing oh look oh I nicked you I'm so sorry it's so like, I'm like what so whenever you go into a store you have to take your fucking knife out and show the merchant how good you are at knife play what a, what a no wonder there's anarchy on the planet someone was probably like this is dumb I just want to pay for fruit I don't want to have to take a knife out and show He's disputing all rituals. Get him! Like, listen to this. It's ridiculous. What I am saying. Of course I do. Because you will be posing as a merchant, you will need to know how to use the Nusra for the traditional bartering ceremony. You will be judged on your prowess with the blade. And only then will you be able to provide a discount. <laughs> this really is it. By the way... <laughs> That's an insane price. By the way, wait a minute. Way, Look at the knife play. Andy Secunda. Yeah. Look at that. That's that's the stunt double. <gasps> it is. It's not Riker. Freaks didn't direct this one, did he? No. Who directed it? James Conway. 
Um, huh. I wonder if they released him early or something. Or if it was too dangerous for Worf to pretend to have a blade oh, near his face. That is what it probably was. I'm sorry, Commander. I did not intend. It's okay. I guess I really. It's also since this is. I'd better go to sick bay. We'll continue this. Since later. this is uh, Riker's subconscious, this reveals how he feels about Worf. That Worf would be such an idiot that he would be going, "Oh, look at the oh Jesus! I'm so sorry." <laughs> Plane's not till tomorrow night. I've still got 24 hours. Well, don't get any ideas. I will see you on stage at 1800 hours. Right. Can I please not do the play? I'm sorry. I don't want to do the play. Can I please not do it? <laughs> Poor guy. There's no damage to the nerves, so you shouldn't be feeling any pain. Probably just a symptom of stage fright. Oh, it hurts. Oh. He was working on a conduit on deck 39. Plasma torch blew up in his hands. Oh, hurts, please. Hypospray. Yes, doctor. What's the significance of this part in, the, in his subconscious? I'm assuming this is the uh, guy he killed, quote unquote. You know what I mean? The the alien, you mean? Yeah. In in the alley when they tried to. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Interesting. All right. I guess that makes as much sense as anything. (laughs) And that was disturbing to you. It was as if he was blaming me for something. This wasn't the only incident last several days i felt like everybody's been staring at me or talking about me it's as if i was in frame of mind frame of mind beverly's play oh that fucking thing when is that do i have to go not easy (laughs) restless but will you are in frame of mind you're the star right play is full of disturbing images people losing their minds being tortured by doctors a fantastic monologue by me. Dave is okay. It's healthy to explore <laughs> the darker side of the psyche. Jung called it owning your own shadow. By the way, this is I think it feels like the first time like Freud and Jung have been it's mentioned by uh Troy. Yeah. This could be a sign that you're it finally a remembered she was a psychologist. It's becoming more than just a role to you. Maybe you're right. Don't be afraid of your darker side. Have fun with it. Who's that? Luna. You just missed him. Is there a new lieutenant on board? I'm not sure. Do you want me to check the personnel logs? No, I'll check them tomorrow. I'm going to bed early. The performance is tomorrow night. I want to be up for it. I'm looking forward to it. Break a so leg. I guess it- I'll try not to take you literally. Even watching this at the time, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. the logic, the logic didn't quite track for me. That, like, so it's in his head, but even in his head, at any point, but even in his head, if he thinks this is reality, wouldn't he be like, "What species is that? That lieutenant that I don't know." Well, I think that's very speciesist of you, Andy. Well, I mean, he would know every species on board, wouldn't he? Not necessarily. He's not data. But he knows. Isn't he, doesn't he approve every person that comes on board? Well, that's why it's so uh, unsettling for him that there's someone he doesn't know or recognize. 
This is what I'm saying. But it's not the species that he's upset about. Well, I'm not saying it's a species that he's upset about, but the species would bump him as like, I think huh, he's sufficiently bumped, and I don't know that he's going to say I don't know that species because he doesn't want to seem dumb to Deanna. <laughs> I see. Crazy. All right. I can see we have a lot of work to do. Nothing you can say will change the fact I'm innocent! I'm not crazy! I'm not crazy! Not crazy. Clap, 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 clap. Seems like that's not a strong end of the show. Poor guy, he's like stuck in this thing and he has to do the play so many times. It's true. Tell me, where were you a moment ago? I was on the Enterprise, I was in the middle of a play. But it was here. It was not real, it was on a stage. I can assure you, this is not a stage. Do you remember your name? I'm Commander. Commander. This is kind of cool. A second ago, I knew who I was. It's on the ship. I was in a play. And now I'm having trouble remembering anything. That's good. You're starting to come out of your delusional state. Delusional? It was not a delusion. I was there. We discussed this. Do you remember we contacted Starfleet and asked them about you? No. We spoke with Admiral Boudreaux. Starbase 29. He had never heard of me. And they had no officer that fit my description. That's right. Now, I want you to focus on who I am. Do you remember me? I don't know. I'm Dr. Cyrus. Do you remember anything about where you are now? My head hurts. Um, this is... Yes? Where I get into... I... Um, I would say through most of this episode, I was surprised that you didn't like this episode because I thought it was really cool how they were going about it and that it was, I mean, I think I, it's, it's, I, it's well executed. I was sort of ahead of the plot that it was, uh, which it maybe you're supposed to be that it was like, obviously somebody was torturing him and fucking with him and slowly trying to break him down. But I thought it was really interesting to have him constantly like reality kind of breaking around. You him. know what it felt like to me? It felt a lot like schisms. Have we seen Schisms yet? Yeah, Schisms was the episode where uh, they all go recreate the alien torture table. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, Because they're yes. all like slipping, you know, like he's uh, being taken in the night, but the sh- you know, there's no records of him leaving. Definitely very similar. That was, wait, is that the one? Yeah, yes. That, it was very similar to that. Um, and it was, you know, it was Riker had a big part in that episode, and this felt... Yeah, they should have chosen somebody else. Very much like that episode to me. I totally agree. Um, and I, 
oh, I wonder if it's, I wonder if they're trying to distinguish it from that because basically my point is I like that part of the gambit is having him think he's back on the Enterprise and then back in the torture chamber and that they've programmed information into his head about his past. By the way. About looking, checking. Future Imperfect also. Which one's Future Imperfect? Remember when he uh, thinks he's in the future and he's the captain of the Enterprise and Admiral Picard is there and Data's his first officer? And it's, Were they trying to break him down? No, in that, that one too? was the little that was the little was gray, the little alien, little gray kid, alien right? that wanted to give him a uh, to keep him around. Right. So he pretended he was his son. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so silly. Um, yeah. Right. It's it's true. Well, people are always constantly fucking trying to mind fuck poor Riker. But I guess so. What I'm saying is. I don't like the reveal in the end that this was all in his head and that any presence of the Enterprise is his subconscious mind trying to maneuver its way out. And I don't like it for a couple of reasons. One, I don't like it because I don't like I don't I don't I don't buy stories. And there are a lot of them where it's like there's someone's doing a mind, you know, invasion kind of a thing. And then within their person's mind themselves, they're so strong and powerful that they figure their way out of the scenario. It's like you were at the you were at the 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 um, the whim of the person on the outside who's controlling your brain. If you're unconscious, unless they pre-establish that that person has an avenue where they establish the way that they thought their way out of it. I'd accept that. But they never do. It's always like strength of personality or something, that, or just chance that they escape it. So I don't like that, and that's how Riker gets out of it. And second, I thought the idea that these people were kind of messing with him and slowly trying to break him down, and then having actual interactions with him, um, was much cooler than all of this just being a figment of his imagination at the end. Like, I understand that he is taking pieces of reality and mixing them in, but it sort of undermines even this scene that it's like, did they program in information where they went to Starfleet in his head? That's that's a cool thing. But now it's like, no, they probably didn't. This is just something Riker made up. You know what I'm saying? Right, because we're in his subconscious... So it makes it less cool with no clue as to what is actually happening in the story with our with our crew and I it's yeah. a cool sort of different way to tell the story um to tell a story it's not I don't I, honestly I don't even think like would this episode be any better if we cut to the Enterprise and Riker's missing and they're looking for Riker Would it? You mean if we saw a little, a yeah, little, little glimmer of what's of like, going on? Oh shit! Riker's uh, Riker's infiltration went poorly. He's been taken. Well, you know, this is why I thought it would have been. I, I wonder. They must have gone through a lot of iterations at this of this, at least in the in the writers' room, if not in drafts. They broke it in four days. But 
<laughs> but like when Beverly shows up at the hospital, which is kind of illogical, it's like, well, why would they ever let Beverly in or how would she get in? She looks different from them. But putting that aside, the idea that she infiltrated to get to him, to get some piece of information to say, or even when he sees uh, Picard, Troy and Worf and is like, you know, and they're sort of trying to communicate with him, that would have been a great reveal about halfway through do what you're saying like show them on the enterprise going they we, they've got him we have his his uh his transporter signature or whatever we scanned for him but we can't get him out of there and diplomatically we can't go and storm that place so we have to figure out a way to help him you know mentally get out of there like that would have been much cooler and more interesting um, I'm saying my idea is cool, but it would have been it would have been more like what you're saying that we would have pulled the actual reality of what's going on on the ship and then being worried about him and his actual situation and lent more dramatic stakes than just him slowly going insane and at the end it's all bullshit. Yes, we're in agreement. I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know what to think. Do you want me to restate that episode. again? No, I just don't know what to, I don't know what to, I don't know how to, how to. <laughs> I feel like you didn't hear what I was saying and you're better at faking it than I am. <laughs> no, I, 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 you're pitching fixes, but like, I, in that, yes. And like, I'm saying, well, what if we saw the Enterprise and what they were doing? So what we're both saying is like, this episode is lacking something. But I think that would have been. See, I to me, I like the beginning. I like the progression. I like that he's going insane. I like that they're fucking with him. I like the way that they're fucking with him in the suggested story. It's just the suggested story is not what reveals to, is revealed to be the story. And so after you do that, then everything else before that is thrown out. But I feel like it would have been it would have helped if you did, as you said, see the Enterprise and see them trying to get breakthrough to him. That he's the only one who can get himself out. Which is the way it is, but he gets himself out for no reason. His subconscious got him out. And then it's like, every time you see something that's kind of shitty, like the pointlessly sadistic guard... I'll be back with your lunch. Well, I mean, but also like... It's like, well, I guess Riker just made it up, so... Here's the other thing too. Like I was thinking about this. Like if Riker really was not Riker, yeah, and these doctors were actually trying to help Riker, yeah, discover who he actually is. Are they being terrible? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. What do you mean? Like, are they being bad at you know? They're talking him through everything and like. Remember, we called the Starbase and they didn't have a thing. Well, and, and that's so on why, and so forth. like all of this, like that's why I I don't like the sadistic guard. I think it's it's stronger if, like you're saying, everything that the doctors do is kind of like, well, that if he is insane, but that seems reasonable. You can't have a a, a show or or anything like this anymore without having a nurse ratchet. Yeah, that's true. There are at least a dozen of us here, maybe more. 
we were kidnapped, brought here against our will. By the way, more interesting episode if there's like a dozen Starfleet officers in this place. <laughs> yeah. Saunders was on the Yosemite. They did something to his mind. I think they're trying to get neurochemicals from our brains. Stafko was with me on the Yorktown. I don't know what they did to him. But what species are you guys? I'm Riker. I don't know. We're going to get out of here. Are you making fun of me? Because that would have been my question there. Is like, wait, you were on the Yorktown. What species are you? <laughs> they're going to beam us out of here any day now. I'll ask them to get you out too. Even in his subconscious mind, wouldn't he ask that question? Wouldn't he be like, oh, wait, are you guys on the Yorktown? Because maybe in his subconscious mind, he knows what species they are. Right. Doesn't, you know, Bloom to doesn't, Yorktown. But aren't doesn't, they doesn't the species of, him at all. Aren't they Yorktown. the species of this planet, or do other species look like them? But the this question. planet had a Federation research team there, which tells me that they're at least friendly with the Federation, so there could be some of them in Starfleet. This lady played the Borg Queen. In the uh, show, in anyway. Voyager. Yeah. Now I've made contact with another officer. Talking to your starship again, Yaya? No. It's a spoon. <laughs> Don't let them tell you you're crazy. <laughs> How does he know that the spoon isn't a communicator? He doesn't you know, know what the spoon's communicators look like on this planet. The common area. Maybe she programmed one into a spoon. That lady was also uh, a Romulan lady named Veril in the next phase. Is there phase. a claim to fame here? Uh, I only thought I recognized her, and I think I recognized her from these things. Gotcha. Let me see if there's another claim to fame. You're welcome to try it. I'm not that far gone, am I? Of course you are. <laughs> Your name is Mavek. Shitbag. That's right. Not bad for a crazy man. I am beginning to remember certain things. Why am I here? I remember when they brought you in. You were struggling. Screaming. We could barely hold you down. In fact, just getting the blood off your hands took over an hour. Blood? on your hands, clothes. You didn't just kill that man. You mutilated him. What are you talking about? I didn't kill anybody. I'm afraid you did. You stabbed him. They found you near the body. The knife in your hand. No. No, I was just well, trying to barter with true. him and I accidentally <laughs> slipped. And if you ever get out of here, you're going to stand trial. You're lying. I imagine the punishment will be quite severe. Considering you stabbed him nine times. No! Cool reference to Valet uh, Ferris Bueller there. Nine, nine times. times. <laughs> I actually killed someone. But it was all real. Deanna mentioned that you went to bed early because you were feeling a little anxious about the play, but I had no idea. You said... By the way, this is the craziest part of his subconscious. This is how he sees Beverly Crusher. Uh, I've just told you about this horrible situation that I just dreamed of of having panic attacks and nightmares regarding this play. And what you're going to ask me next, our entire friendship will hinge on it. I'm feeling a little anxious about the play, but... 
You said that in your dream we performed the play. Oh my God. <laughs> <Was that> smash. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Beverly. God damn it, Beverly. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I was worried oh, about Jesus. the play and not you at all. Oh. oh, Jesus. When you started to say you had a nightmare about the play, I really was worried. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> when I show a glimmer of independent thought. And when I show a glimmer of independent thought, you strap me down, inject me with drugs, and call it a treatment. You're becoming agitated. You bet I'm agitated! I may be surrounded by insanity, but I am not insane. And there's nothing you... So again, what bumped me here, and, all right, it's a dream, but it's like, if it's a dream, if you're going to use that excuse for everything that's like weird, like what I was going to say was like, even in his subconscious, wouldn't Deanna, Deanna, oh man, wouldn't Deanna, uh, Deanna. Have, like he's having a mental, <laughs> thank you, he's having a mental issue, Deanna. wouldn't Deanna have followed them out or been the primary person to take care of him? Uh, it's like I think it's all a dream. So it's like, but if that's your argument, it's like, well, it's all a dream. Then well, it's like, you know, well, then why are we watching any of this? You know how uh, she was like, "Data, relax. I'm the director. I've got this." I think uh-huh. that Crusher was probably like, "Troy, relax. I'm the director. I'll do all <laughs> medical care." I don't want you to ruin his performance. I want to make him. sure he's physically fine, but change nothing about his mental state because he <laughs> is crushing it right now. Yes, he's going insane, but I'm going to have a smash hit on my hands. <laughs> I mean, every deck is going to want to see this, baby. We might even pull into Starbase 29 and they might want to see us. <laughs> Get some rest, Will. The play is over. Don't give it another thought. Right. How's Lieutenant Suna? A little shaken, but all right. I feel like such an idiot. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. We're your friends. We all know the stress you've been under. I'm sure everyone understands perfectly. Commander, I must congratulate you on your performance this evening. Oh, and it's your unexpected choice to improvise was an effective method of drawing the audience into the plight of your character. You gave a truly realistic interpretation of multi-infarct dementia. Thank you. Well, maybe not everyone understands. So this is another thing. Rest. Mm-hmm. Luna, is that his name? Suna? Or Luna, I remember. Suna, the Lieutenant Suna. The, uh, Suna, the yeah. The sh- yes. So his subconscious is now justifying Suna as being part of the crew, but his subconscious is supposedly the thing that is supposed to be trying to break him out of the, that reality. Now, if this, if it's, if it's part of the alien's plan and they're covering their tracks by controlling what it is he's dreaming or what it is he thinks his reality is, therefore programming him to think, oh yeah, but you, we already checked with Starbase, whatever, and, and you, 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 they don't know who you are and program into his head or or you know mind fuck him into thinking that that suna actually is a crew member 
then all this makes sense to me. If it's his subconscious that's supposedly trying to break him out of it, why does it make sense that he justifies that Suna's on the crew? Uh, it's the two realities merging. Uh-huh. That's, that's so it's what just, this is about. I understand, but the general... Well, I don't know. It's just all... This is like, what are we watching? Well, we're watching... We're watching a dream. We're watching a mental except, break, man. Except that at the end, the argument is that he th- somehow was able to break out of it through whatever we're watching. And there's no well, logic Well, the there. reality... No, he 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 doesn't accept either reality. That's the point he gets to. Where he does yeah. not accept that the Enterprise is real or that the facility is real. Right. And when so he, I guess when he doesn't that... expe- expe- accept either reality, he can finally break out of this. So I guess it's loop. the feeling of being in a dream and trying to break out of the dream. Uh, like realizing it is a dream and then going, okay, I got to wake up. Yeah. Are you good at that? Yes, in that it never happens to me. Oh, that's happened to me a lot. Wow. It's very upsetting. Wait, wait. what is upsetting? You, The fact that you realize you're dreaming and can't stop? If I like I'm having an upsetting dream and I realize it's a dream and I'm like, okay, I gotta wake up, it's very hard to wake up because oh. you're inside the reality. But I can do it. Oh. I think you just wake up. I don't think you force yourself to wake up. I think it just you just wake up. I don't know what you're saying. This is the this is this is my experience. <laughs> yeah, but I think your brain is broken, Andy. <laughs> I see. None of this podcast is real. <laughs> Oh, if only that were true. You never asked what you never asked what species I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first mistake. Ah, we got you. <laughs> what species drops mayonnaise on their keyboard? The fattest one. Oh, <laughs> we're the huts. <laughs> I'd watch the huts as a show, FYI. Let's pitch that, Matt. The procedure is irreversible. You'd be left with a completely altered personality. The person you are now would cease to exist. Option one is beginning to sound better. I agree. Does Rector ever look in a mirror during this reality to see that he doesn't look like anybody else? He Well, he looked in a mirror on the starship. Yeah. He putting well, yeah, makeup. but he thinks that's a fake reality. No, he thinks that's real. Yeah, I guess he doesn't know which is real. Here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. In this reality, in either reality, he's like, well, something's neither up. Neither are reality. I understand. But he's like, well, something's up. Something's weird on the Enterprise. Things are weird even when he's a prisoner. Wouldn't in his subconscious reality, he go, somebody's fucking with me. I'm being tortured or mind controlled. Something's going on. Uh, I was kind of. Can you tell me in inner light does Picard ever come come up with that possible conclusion that someone is mind controlling him or torturing him? No. Seems like that's something that a Starfleet officer would think. Uh, 
it seems like something that's definitely after think. Like so you're always your all your conclusion always is they're they're tor- you're being tortured. If reality doesn't make sense, it's either you're you're going insane, um some break reality has itself been bent in some way, or it's also possible that someone is fucking with you. Intentionally. At least that's what I would think. Well, you're like, you know, operating on a level beyond everyone on Star Trek. You're Andy <laughs> Secunda. That is true. So, I would make a great Section 31 agent, except for the killing. Um, or the physical activity. <laughs> physical activity. <laughs> or like, or like or that... having to get up so early. <laughs> oh, is that part of it? Oh, yeah, no way. <laughs> What? Who starts a day at 0600? You know what I'd be good? I'd be good at the uh, the time people. They could they could just start their day whenever they want. You would only use a time machine to sleep. Maybe. I felt pain. I was injured. I began to panic. There was a struggle. And I... You what? What happened? Try to associate your actions and emotions with logical thoughts. What do you think caused you to act and feel this way? It was cold and dark because I was outdoors. That's him. That's the guy I, I love. I was in a place. <laughs> I was walking he doesn't represent alley. logic. He represents love. <laughs> I was being watched. Someone must have followed me into the alley. That's why I started to walk faster. Someone grabbed me from behind. I panicked. I tried to fight them off. How many of them were there? Three. Humanoid. I only saw the face of one of them. What did he look like? I saw him on the ship, too. I also saw him here in the hospital. But I don't know who he is. That's Mr. Suna, the hospital administrator. You met him when you first arrived here. Part of me does he represent? I don't know. Don't believe this, Will. None of it's real. You're still with us on the Enterprise. Doctor. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I keep I keep saying the same thing. It's like, I like this if it's like the doctor is an actual alien doctor fucking with him and these, and he's trying to use these projections to get information out of him. Well, that's what that's um, what the real story is, right? That's the thing that we see at the very end. That's the reality. <laughs> but I think it should have been this. It, this should have been the reality. Wait, what do you mean? This should have been... I'm not saying that it, there shouldn't be certain elements of oh, like... Oh, you're saying... Uh, wait, hang on. Illusions, you're but... You're saying that I would have liked a window into the real situation. I'm saying that this could have been part of the real situation plus but, illusions that they're creating. It, but it is, isn't it? This is glimmers filtered through his subconscious mind. Right. But like that conversation, at least as I interpreted it, is not what is part of the reality. In reality, they just hooked a machine up to his head and they're sucking stuff yeah, out of some it. Goop. Yeah, they're getting some goop. Yeah. Out. They <laughs> get some goop. They need this precious goop. Yeah. So, um, so I guess I'm saying it. 
it would have been more interesting if it was like it is a doctor who does these these you know mind control experiments and creates illusions and programs him to think that he's not who he is to break him down to get the information but that's not what it is they just hooked a thing up to his head this is an interesting scene if it's in some way reality but it's not really right right <laughs> that's what i say you're saying well it definitely isn't because at the end it's shown that the only thing they're doing is plugging a thing into his head well, that's why his temple keeps bleeding also exactly. his temple should have been bleeding through more of the scenes like it should have happened like earlier more often I guess that's kind of a cool thing. I don't remember the transposition, is it what they call it? But that that aspect of like when you're in pain, then you're... I think a lot of it's about like what happens to you when you're asleep. Um, um, this is an interesting thing I read in Memory Alpha. Uh, this episode originated from the barest of premises from Brandon Braga. I had a notion what if Riker woke up in an insane asylum uh, and had no idea. Andy, go ahead and read the source for that quote. How we got there. Uh, and was told if he was crazy. Um, where, where's the source? Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition, Dr. Larry Nevichek. Come on. Oh, so, sorry. That's at the bottom. I apologize. Jeez Louise. Um, the Next Generation Companion. Yes, that's true. Um, uh, in the late, late season time crunch, the idea was accepted by the skeptical Michael Piller and Rick Berman to replace another story that had failed to materialize. Grin uh, Jerry Taylor. We didn't have time to do the story, so we went ahead and broke this, which is the most risky thing in the world to do. They're painstaking. They take days, and if you lose it, you're doomed. And after a torturous three-day break session, it's insane that they broke this in three days, the staff emerged with a workable story that impressed Piller. But I don't think they did. <laughs> I think they did mostly, and then they they blew it at the end. You guys blew it, guys. That's right. I'm saying it to you. You're very talented. I think it blew it on this one. And you were close. I think it could have been really cool. It has a lot that's cool. But they kind of, like, invalidate it. Um, he all, also yeah, said... I mean, the whole episode's in his head, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all. It was all a dream. Help me! Side note: He also uses says he was uh, influenced by Repulsion and uh, Roman Polanski's Repulsion, which seems definitely like that. That did make me think of Repulsion. But also, for those of you who haven't watched The Prisoner, it's real weird and cool. I love it. Um, it's very a lot of the design and the corridors and the the visuals are very prisoner esque and the setup of it's a a thing with you know with these officers that they're slowly trying to get information out of so I wonder if they were influenced by that at all and then here's where it would have been better if it was just a rehash of the prisoner yeah it would have been I thought that's where they were going. And then also, even in his subconscious, it doesn't make any sense. Data can't stop him? I mean, they they frequently do shit like that. He runs away from Data. He envisions Worf again as an idiot, and that Worf kind of blows it. They don't blow it, though. They get him to the transport site. And Eventually. They let him run away, though. And he's in a severe state of neural shock. It's going to take him a while to recover. 
And Morgan, you remember what happened? You were abducted during the mission to Telonus 4. You were put into a psychiatric hospital. Psychiatric. Uh-huh. Still bleeding. It's minor. Don't worry about it. We have been checking on the hospital administrator. Mr. Suna. It appears that he's involved with one of the rival factions. We believe that he is responsible for what happened to you. It still hurts. It's bleeding again. Why you just healed it? You're the worst no, doctor. Try to <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> is this because I didn't want to do your play? <laughs> This isn't real. <laughs> it's Worf, of course. Goes for the weak link. What are you link. doing, Will? <laughs> well, I'm right. You're not really here. This isn't a real phaser. It's all a fantasy. And I'm going to end it no matter what it takes. But what if it isn't a fantasy? Are you willing to take that chance? You're right. I won't. Because I'm a Starfleet officer and I won't kill anyone accidentally except myself. What's real and what's not. Will, don't do it. This shatter thing is so dumb. To the reflection therapy. <laughs> his subconscious has cheesy, cheesy video he effects. broke out of his cell last night. We found him running down a corridor, claiming people had come to take him back to his starship. Then I see no other choice. We'll have to perform the synaptic reconstruction. I still have a phaser. Why do I still have a phaser? It's not a phaser. It's a knife. You stole it from one of the food trays. Give it to me. See, that feels like that would be a good thing if it was the aliens trying to convince him that he didn't have a phaser if he had a phaser. Wait, what? That would have been a cool scene if it was actually the aliens that are torturing him. Mm -hmm. He, like, somehow did get a phaser, and then they're trying to convince him he didn't have a phaser. I see. Which is what it reads like. Well, yes, I but agree it, it reads like that. And we don't know. That could be what's happening. We don't know yet. By the way, I um, am getting almost to the end in uh, in Ark, uh, Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if there's any spoilers, so if you want it's to avoid it. It's been them, out please, for uh, over half a decade. Go ahead. But I got to the point that was very much like this, where he's facing, where it's your, uh, you know, it's a point where you're, where he sort of loses his mind and and he has the shotgun. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the end. Yeah, when the Joker's killing all those Batman statues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that um, I, but, I, yeah, every time I play that level or that part, get to that part, I'm very tired. Yeah, um, it's very, it's, it's like, very disturbing. Com- oh, really? You like it? I, no, but it's sort of like it's weird. Weirdly, like lulls me to sleep. Interesting. Um, I was playing at 1 a.m. So yeah, it usually it's like that time of night too. For some reason, when I get finally get to that level, well, it's because it's a long leg. You kind of got to be in for it. Yeah, and it takes so many. You have to shoot so many statues. So many. So many statues. And then you get to too say, many. "I am the knight. I am Batman." Out of curiosity, I guess you have no choice, right? You have to kill all those people. They don't give you another choice, and Batman has to kill Joker. What are you talking about? There's a point where you have the button of kill Joker, and I'm like, but Batman wouldn't kill Joker. 
and he's like got him in the 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 neck hold where he's going to break his neck. Yeah. Is there is it an option to not kill him? I wonder. No. Yeah. Because he's not real, and you know that right. you watched him die. That's well. That's the main reason I was connecting it to this is it's very yeah. similar to this. Maybe maybe rock steady. Uh, oh, did they steal this really episode? Loved frame of mind. <laughs> It was more logical on that one. It's very complicated. I'll answer all your questions. But first, I want you to put that down. No. Put that knife down. This is a real phaser that I was on the Enterprise. But I fired it on myself. You're not bargaining. You're not selling me something. Why would you be holding a knife? (laughs) None of this is real. I'm setting this to level 16. Wide field. I should destroy half of this building. Unless, of course, this isn't a real phaser. And scene. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. <laughs> it's all about you, isn't it? You're the only constant, the only person in both places. There's a lot more going on here than you realize. This isn't real either. What's happening to me? Listen to me. We can still save you, but you must stop fighting us. <gasps> Breaks through that, and then he's in his costume that he left uh, the Enterprise with. He's got his tricorder, his water bottle, and his handy dandy communicator. Get him sedated. Enterprise. Enterprise here. Are you he all sent right, him sir? down in plaid. Emergency transport. Get me out of here. Damn. I was this close to getting all the goop. All right. Well, I have his water. <laughs> Commander Riker has returned safely from his mission to Telonus 4. Dr. Crusher has repaired the damage to his long-term memory. Evidently, you were abducted two days after beaming to the surface. I remember now. I was in an alley. They attacked me from behind. I tried to fight them off with the Nisra that Worf had given me. I managed to get one of them off me. But I think they injected me with some sort of drug. We believe that they were trying to extract strategic information from your memory using a neurosomatic technique. I was in a hospital, then I was back on the Enterprise. Back in the hospital, I kept shifting from place to place. I couldn't tell what was real. Your mind must have created a defense mechanism that helped you resist the neurosomatic process. Your unconscious fastened on to elements of your real life in an attempt to keep you grounded, to keep you sane. I have a pretty cool mind. <laughs> Play. Those were recent memories in my mind you should get some rest how wonderful I was in that play you were actually terrible Will we talk about it all the time I actually sent a recording of it to Chief O'Brien at D-Space 9 it was very funny Uh, I remember wild applause was that my mind Uh, there was wild applause and laughter you see you fell and (laughs) farted (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the idea of Riker tripping and farting. 
very it funny was the me. greatest thing any of us had ever seen, Will. It was hilarious. I woke Guinan up. I told her about it. <laughs> I even called my brother in France. <laughs> There's one thing I'd like to do first. We've gotten along better than we have in years because of that story. <laughs> but needless to say, Will, it was a terrible play. This by yourself. I've got to get to that set and tear it down. It only represents my humiliation now. It is a very weird thing to end it on. Like, he's ripping the set out. Like, why can't you just beam the set into... Like, I mean, just fucking reprocess the matter. Like, why do you have to have a team come in and take the set down? Let's pretend we're on the Enterprise for realsies. Is there, like, set storage somewhere on the ship? I mean, there's room for it, certainly. But, like, what are they doing? I've got to strike this set! <laughs> or it is, like, is it, like, in Beverly's quarters next to the Cyrano de Bergerac set? <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. All right, well. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, well, there we go. Who is the most valuable crew member on this you could argue program? Maybe it was Worf because Worf gave him the stuff that uh, that allows him to escape at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's you're not incorrect. It's all accurate. Uh <laughs> Also, Worf's the one that beam him, beams him out instantly. <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. That's true. Um, so I think it's... it's. Uh, but what about Riker's subconscious? Yeah, I guess Riker's subconscious is the main It does argument. a pretty good he's, job. Yeah. I mean, it's, Cause he's, it's not... Riker's subconscious is really the only character in the room. tell you who it's not. It's not Crusher. It's not Beverly Crusher. No. Nope. It's not... Nope. Uh, Picard for trying to get out of this play by making Riker do it. Right. It's not uh, Data for being so obtuse in Riker's subconscious. <laughs> right. Uh, I feel like it's Deanna doesn't. Deanna doesn't really even help him in the subconscious to escape. Correct. I guess you could argue if it was nah, but all those all those projections are really just figments of his subconscious. Uh, so I guess it is. Riker subconscious. Riker subconscious. You've done it. Congratulations, Riker subconscious, aka Riker. If you're filling out any paperwork officially. Uh, <laughs> next, uh, we're gonna have to give this some sort of Andes. Yeah. We sit and watch, and then we hang and talk. But the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andes does this episode get? Hmm. What's interesting is most of it I really thought was kind of cool. And uh, I was like, ooh, this is really going somewhere. They're going to do some big reveals. But it is interesting whenever you build something where it's all leaning on the reveal, then if the reveal sucks, then it's like, no, that's too bad. Then I have to reevaluate everything I've seen. But I kind of feel like a lot of it was written almost within mind 
you know, us taking it seriously as a plot, not with it being what it was eventually revealed to be, which is all in his subconscious. I kind of don't buy that everything that we're looking at before that is supposed to be read as his subconscious. I think you're supposed to buy that there's something else going on. And I just wish that was the plot. But I kind of think that part was cool. That being said, it doesn't hold together in the end. So I guess I'll give it a four. Great performance by Frakes. True. Plot very different. I like when they do different things, uh, but this is a little too different in that there really doesn't seem to be a plot. Um, so in that respect, I'm going to have to side with Andy and give it exactly the same score. Four it is. Four. Uh, it is irrefutable. Two different people have said it's a four. Now, Andy, uh, before we head back over to the president's uh, circle... To yes. say thank you to our patrons. Let's take a look at the trailer for Suspicions, uh, season six, episode twenty-two. I've got it right here. Doctor Crusher risks her entire career to investigate a shocking death. You think Doctor Reagan killed himself? No. Do you think there's a murderer on board? Yes. But the closer she gets to the truth, the deadlier it becomes. I have heard enough of your accusations. Now will she sacrifice her life to catch a killer? Return to the ship immediately. I'm sorry. We have lost contact. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Whoa, drama. Drums. So much drama. A lot of stuff going on. It's, uh... I can tell you, if there's a murder on board, they, they are un- it is unfortunate that they do not have Tuvok on board because that guy is, does like... At the beginning of Voyager, we've seen like four murder investigations already. That's what he does best. He investigates yeah. murders as yeah. like some sort of Inspector Clouseau type person. Not uh, a terrible series. Yeah, correct. I agree. If it was just Tuvok. Uh, yeah. So let's go ahead, Andy. Let's go back to the president's circle. Stick in there. Yeah. And let's say thanks to our patrons. All righty. Here we go. The United Federation of Planets President Circle Oh yes, here we are at California Adventure <laughs> Nice <laughs> oh, how pleasant It's not open well, it is. I guess part of this part of California Adventure is open. You can go shopping there. It is nice. I do miss Disney. I'll tell you what, I don't miss. What don't you miss, Matt? People in Orange County not wearing masks. So I will yep. uh, jump in. Okay. Andy, I where am I going? Okay, it's time to say thank you to our patrons. I've pulled up a list. Andy has a matching list. Uh, and I'm going to start here. And uh, we'll go page and page, everybody. Thank you to the following patrons. Gay Green, John Dews, Ryan, Angel Cruz, Nathan Sweet. Is this music too loud? Let me pull that a little bit. There no, we go. Fine. Perfect Rake. Sweat. Christine Assad, Martha, Amy Harbor, Patrick. Old Blue Eyes with threes in there. Oh, uh, good read. Diana Bodenberg, Rick Berry, Michelle Hanna, Q, 
Kit Gates, Keats, Christopher L. Mitchell, John Macy, Gerard, Pizza Shrapnel. I'd like to get hit with some of that right now. Maddie H., <laughs> Rob Wisdom, John Matthews, Wendy Wolf, Niles Andreg, Matthew Holmes, The Ultimate Trekker, AJ, Miss J, Katie Conley, Thomas Jordan, Archer Palms, a.k.a. Vertingness. Vertingness. It's tough, isn't it? Vertingness? Archer, I don't know. Matt Chappie, Brenda Rexing, Garrett Jones, Zach Enberg, Natasha Harrison, Husker, Danny B, LCDRTSF. I don't know. Edward Sides, Jason Sesportis, Patrick Daniel Weiss, Nameless Bond, Rachel Amber Bloom, Andy Wally, Alessandra Ragusa, Isaac Boatsit, Joel Ahrens, Benjamin Lyons, Alexander Markowitz, Aaron Houston, Mad Seb, Megan Clark, Laura Munoz, Jeff McGregor, Mike Boo Knackle, Knackley, I suppose. Yeah, Matt Evans, Sterling Moffat, Movie Time. That's a TH. <laughs> uh, Hannah Silver, Jenkman91, Carrie uh, Hunter, Jason Leach, James Halloway, Brett Schultz, Jeff uh, Raimondo, Kyle Stanley, Adam R- Ringland, Roberto Garriak, Kevin S. Brooks, Adam R. Murray, Chris Wilder, and I, the cat. Thank you. And thank you so much to Shelley Vasil, Jack Turek, Lieutenant Jeffrey Maddox, Lieutenant George Porter, Lieutenant Katie Brozek, Michael Parsons, uh, Jess, who is now friends with JJ because attraction like Star Trek should bring people together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a small fight. I'm glad you guys worked it out over the useless prize. Um, Grace Ellen Mixner. Baron Von Poo, Charlie, Lieutenant Matthew Thome, Lieutenant Thomas McGowan, uh, Jack Diamond, Commander Junior Grade, John Weggy, Todd Harmon, Lieutenant Garrett Avalar. What is this? What is this music to? This is still the California Adventure looping. So I think we're probably right around Grizzly Peak. But the first one was we're Toy right Story. Right around Grizzly Peak right now. It's Grizzly Peak. Oh, this is I'm really not saying it's Grizzly Peak. Oh wait, no, that this is... is the score of the. This is like what you hear walking around the park. Isn't so that? I think it's depending on re- what near area. near uh, something racers, whatever the the racers thing, something the from Cars. Maybe Cars Land. I don't know. In Cars Land, whatever the something racers. Sure, is called. I, it um, sounds like Condor Flats to me, but sure, maybe it's Cars. Uh. I feel like that's when it's when there's the big reveal of the awesome uh, um, mountains in that Ye- ride. But I could be wrong. Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Sean. I, I, thought, I, I thought you were saying when you walk up to it, like somehow there's a score directly for you when you're when your eyes first. <laughs> no, <laughs> but they do have sort of random scores at different you know walk around spots, don't they? Yeah, different music. Yeah, this is the master mm. music mix for California mm. Adventure. So. It's very pleasant. I might have it when I walk around my house. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Sean, uh, Lieutenant Jacob Paul, Lieutenant Heather Knight, Lieutenant Jerome Severine, 
Peter Goodwin, Matt Snyder, Scott Farley, Andre Bayul, uh, the Romanian Trekkie, Heath Korshigan, Finn Upham, Daniel Heron, Adam War, where? Uh, Lieutenant Tamika Mitchell, Lieutenant Kevin Johnston, thank you. Lieutenant Roberta Cat, thank you. Skylar Jungit, Lieutenant Sean Moore, uh, who names himself Lieutenant, so he may be an actual Lieutenant. Lieutenant Sean Daly, Lieutenant Lawrence, Lieutenant M.W., Sean Cameron, Andy Benton, Heather Keller, Seamus O'Toole, Darmok, and Sinatra at the Sands. <laughs> nice. Uh, Paul Neal, Patrick Reese, Laura Furson, Jonah Brulette, David Kay, Lieutenant Jonathan Feller, Peter Ballard, Nick Lencher, Cup, Phil Coltis, Anthony Deacon, David Veenstrudge, Scott Goki, uh, Brian Pierce, John King, Tom Bondurant, Kelly Sweeney, Michael Rossi, David Pinson, uh, Stephanie Dreyce Dyerson. Um, Derek Knighton, Jonathan Bruno, Carrick Jones. Thank you to J.R. Johnson, Parker Davidson, Zach McCullough. Thank you to Tanner Wilson, Noah Sudret. I see you over by the the uh, buffet. Brayden Cadinelli putting in a putting in a request with the uh, with the Hollow DJ. John Zates, Brett LeBlond, Sean Lane, Lyons, Andrew Woomer, Carolyn McNamara, and James McLaughlin. And a thank you to Christopher, the imperfect mate, Bateman. Good name. <laughs> nice. Doug Anderson. Hayden. Uh, sure. Edward O'Hare. Sarah Francis. Sandal Tremel. Fancies. Uh, yes, fancies, not Francis. I was thinking of Picard, <laughs> so I went Francis. I constantly. She claims that I've constantly gotten her name wrong, and that's why she's she's messed with it. And it's certainly plausible. Uh, Jillian Little, uh, Justine Adamek, Philly G, Rose Harless, Adam and JP, Brendan Teske, Kevin Polly, Stephanie Simmons, and uh, Ad- Adrian Coop or Cop. I suppose it's Cop Adrian. I'm sorry. Uh, Kenny Meehan, Matt Fader. Timothy, Cesarano, Theodore, Zadazello, David, Joseph Moody, Humpus Theander, Trevor Kozdrowski, Sam Pass, James Manero, Chris Yates, Christopher Mitz, Benjamin Garcia, Paul Magnus Calabro, uh, Daniel Fashing, Debbie Lemon, uh, Mark Isseri, Patrick, Steve Haas, Bob Blair, Mark C., Transporter Chief for the Rupert Crandall's Inside Straight, and Tour Guide and Gift Shop Manager for The Artifact. Uh, Catherine Gaitner, David, Michael Collins, Matthew M. Columbus, Nelson Helwig, Amy Pointer, Joe Lenzen, Santi Mastriana, Kevin32, Jeff Caz- Caramaza, Amy Gibbs, Chuck Credo, Laura Palma, Blanford, Philip Hansey, Teddy Jordan, James Tuttle, Section 31, Agent Wheeler, Candy Lineup, Michael Shade, Brian Stromitz, Jiminy Jillikers, <laughs> Feldybumf, <laughs> Bill and Ted Minute, Cedrin Law, or Cedrin, Ed Mundy, uh, L. Chapeline, with a hard C-H, oh, L. Chapeline, 
Colorado. Thank you. Uh, I read so much phonetic in there. Thank you, El Chapeline. Uh, Mikey Melton, Winston Stouffer, Leon Kassib, Dan Hornberger, Adam Dodge, Pat E., Grant McGuire, Daniel Permit, Jonathan Anderson, Lee Chapman, Richard Jackson, Adam Sullins, Nick G., Molly Murphy White, and Amanda Murphy. Thank you, guys. And thank you to Beth Clark, to Lieutenant Julio, to Lieutenant Scott Land- Landles, to Greg Lada, to the great and terrible Lizak, uh, Lisa Simpson, Jeffrey Barker, Adrian Bing Clark, Josh Moore, Roberto, Gwethelyn Williams, Raiching Peng. Why not a prime minister for the Federation? Uh, Joey G. Or G? Uh, John G. Lieutenant Cedric Clark, Lieutenant Lucas Swain, Lieutenant Chris, Asher Mercer. Thank you to Jay from ScienceDiv.com, the Triple People. Sarah Friedman, Chad Wavel Jimenez Dax. Uh, um, Lorraine Denman, Lieutenant Rob, Michelle Fairbanks, Delphi Blues, Richard Phillips, Todd Meyer, Igsha, Andrew McClure, J.J. Carter and Jess are now allies going to get good pizza to cover up 2020. Now you're going to need a lot of pizza, ladies. Uh, Thomas, Jonathan Misner, Denise Kupferschmidt, Lieutenant Dylan Ekmelin, uh, sorry, Lieutenant Dylan Ekmalian, Lieutenant Tara Hunter, Lieutenant Emily Snicker, Jeff Weiner, Judge 439, Noah Smith, Andy Puckett, TNC's resident astrophysicist, always giving us some good information. Trenton Hoyt, Darren Gleaton, thank you to Edward Andre Acevedo, Mark Redenius, Steve Thomas, Daniel St. Louis, Melody, the one in Australia. Melody, the one in Australia. Uh, Kieran O'Sullivan, Kieran O'Sullivan. Ryan Heck. Andy's accent corner. <laughs> it's gonna be shit. <laughs> sure is. Uh, Ryan Heck, I got no accent for you, pal. Uh, Jerry Brown, Joel Greenbow, and the sh- the Cham. I'm gonna give you a tea clean, Ann. And the Cham Chamberlain. Jame Chamberlain? <laughs> uh, Kellen Adamson, Anthony Trepacione, Rucker Hauer, Tim Shields. Scott Watson, Amber Schmidt, Tom Hagopian, John Lynn, Caveart on Facebook and Instagram, Eric Griffiths, The Dude Never Bowls, The Bad Pizza, Jacob Reichhart, Zach Crum, Sir Hiss, it's just Hiss, uh, Erica Vanover, at Erica Laughing, um, Commodore 6D4, a werewolf with an I Voted sticker in his hand. Good for you, werewolf. David Landau, Joe Shall Distance More. Good for you, Joe Moore. Um, Tim Collins, Thomas Nettleton, Glenn Wakeley, Brian Rewinkle. And a big thank you to Frederick Rombouts, Daryl the Animal Noy, Caitly M. Catherine, Jeff the Human, and Maximus the Dog, Wesley Crushing That Ass, Jesse Elliott, Tom Glover, Nick, Dan Billing, Lance Daniel Hepper, Alexander Cruz, Jonathan Sourshell, Jonathan Leader, Lieutenant J.M., Joe Blow and I'm Devanani Rao. Uh, Ian Werner, Joseph Matthew, Mike Roberts, Cody Stanley, Stephen Cotter, Harold Griffin, Jeffrey Child, Rob Baptiste, Matthew L. Went. Dion is pronounced like the popular 90s singer, Mariah Carey. I don't get that. Do you get that? No. But. Thank you. 
<laughs> Catherine Novacek, John Turin, Alex D. Gesslin, Joyce Hudson, Carmen DeHoog, Eric B., Stephanie McVicker, Aaron, William Temin, Adrian Carter, Marcus Errol Erlinson, Marcus Erlinson, Rob Cumberland, Andrew Reeves, Kendra Song, Matthew Dillon, Matthew Smith, Matthew Cutler, Rob Saban, J.C. Shaggy, Matt Schaefer, Jeff Millies, President Preston Foster, you're not the president, Risa Kachuk, Simon Harper, Linda Dilbeck, Ryan Solo, uh, Seth Olson, Daniel Stenrod, Trek Barnes, James Carrier, Sofa King, Cool, Matt Wipert, Chris Leopold, Chris DQ, Marcello Vita, specific actor trainee, <laughs> Joe Thank Sullivan. You for your- Jeff, thank you for your service to the school. Yes, Jeff. Je- thank you for your tuition. Jeff Jenkins, tuition. Wabish Kozak, Peter Sheeran, Jeremy, Miriam Canteno, Kip Corbett, Heather Nelson, CD, Seth J. Boudreau, Jesse Tushinsky, my old pal from the Apple Store, Andrew Polkrang, Aaron N., Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscle Ripley, Stalwart, Neelix Defender, currently adrift in space. I should have... Uh... I should have asked uh, Jesse if he could get me a discount. <laughs> I just bought a new computer. He, uh, does <laughs> to... not, he has to work there in as, almost as many years as me. No. Oh. Good for you, Jesse. <laughs> uh, thank you to Mike LeBon, uh, Mr. Bundy, Richard Craig, Tucker Powers, Brandon Callinger, Nathan Haney, Alex Carrico. Oh, we got a systems check for. Uh, oh, is this the? Uh, this is this is soaring over California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting in there. We... Thanks, Patrick Warburton. It's Putty. Um, Andrew Michael Barber, the first. Joel Q. Jason Brown. Chuck Day. Takil Nui. Uh, Gary Martinez. Sorry, Gary Martinez. (laughs) 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 Jesse Glaspie, Lieutenant Brian Deemer, C.C. Sadler, Zach Wilson, Lieutenant Commander Zach Wilson, Um, Kim Essendahl, Tim Siebel, uh, Kyle Thompson, Rebecca Shavita, Gareth Case, Jet Jurgens, Jesse Hendricks, Derek Hawkins, Robert Denton, Claire Powells, Colin McKeon, uh, Eric Maun, Mon. Rob Trevino, that's it. Yeah. Raymond, Lieutenant Dave Howe, Kathleen Guzman, Christopher P. Gill, aka the chairman of the board. <laughs> Carl Dath, Kristen Scalisi, Goddess of Carbs, uh, Adam Hotz, Amanda Bootwell, uh, Lieutenant Adam Rogers, Lieutenant Barry Wallace, thank you to Farhan Gay Zarjuz, um, Dan McLeod, Alexis Borsier. And I'm Seinfeld's lo- <laughs> and I'm Seinfeld Lloyd Braun, <laughs> J.K. Madawin, um, Kurt Kelly, Keith Bodela, Dak Pate, Kim Vilsack, Vilsack, Brett Parsons, Katie Campbell, Jerry Canavan, Fred Coppersmith. I wonder if anybody really enjoys how we mangle their names. Vanilla Thunder, Ryan, not a doctor. Doom, Lieutenant Catface, Lieutenant Emily Eldred. Tony Venucci, C. Edwards, Kevin Cortecus, Ross McLeod, in lieu of Rutger Hauer, I present the most amazing lieutenant, Hubert Arutia. Um, <laughs> nicely done, Ross. Brandon Davis, uh, Nate Richmond, Paul, Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk, Jillian Randalls, Brett Jarrett, Sean, Lieutenant Sean, um, Robert Olson, the Kimballs, Andrew Witzel, 
Sunshine 51, Derek Westover. Thank you to Lissy D. Thank you to Anthony Wrightout. Thank you to Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Thank you to Richard Davis. And a big thank you to Will Holsclaw, Jeff Mullins, Lauren Gleason, the Donkey of Prey, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Lisa Gomez, Stevie Marie Nickel, the only Mallory, Elena, Alan L., Jason, who thinks of Andy as my friend and Matt as my captain, <laughs> Mark That's Mitchell, <laughs> Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Steve Harcourt, Katie Whitestone, Paul Sharp, Catherine Shimmons, Christopher Colbert, Eric Rumfeld, Dan Kostelik, Andrew Ingram, Chad Fate, Matt Weber, Jason Worrand, Tish Wheeler, Daniel Perez, Matt Brick, Kevin Brown, Ben Roach, William Smith, Mike Webster, the Squire of Gothos himself, uh, Thomas Purring, Brian Adams, Paul Carley, Kelly Coe, uh, Elizabeth Simpson, Scott Austin, Andrew, Claudia, Brian Hellman, Karen Vanoff, Veronica Wisely, Chief Tactical Officer Troy Ray, Mike Jones, Rachel Dylan Snyder, Scott Burnett, Brett Euler, Amy Giles, Stephen Price, Stephen Small, Christopher Nagy, Derek Atkinson, Sandra M. Foglegs, Mike Gaylord, Ron LeBlanc, Jeremy Miller, James Baker, Professor of Humanities, Lauren McCarricker, <laughs> Frederick Roa, Jonathan Wentz, Martin Hedegard Peterson, Jan Leppert, Cosmo Moore, Lisa, Neil Studd, Carolyn Land, DW, Whiskey Ben77, Keel, Chris Nedgwitz, Captain Crandall himself, Linnea Huynh, Shark Carbuncle, makes me laugh every time. Cody Wampenkamp, thank you. And thank you to Brian McDonald, Chris Love, Ian Buckley, Tim Cullen, Sean Russell, Tony King, Luke Morgan Rowe. Thank you so much to Scott Lieberman, Alexander Perry, Lieutenant Diane Martin, Diane M. Martin, Lieutenant Robin Larson, Lieutenant Katya Woolishan, Lieutenant Tyson Klein, Lieutenant Kelly Newman, and thank you, as always, to Command Mass Chief Robert Garrison. Thank you all. Space Force so is much. the number one proponent. That's right. Why don't you get in Space Force? Oh Rob? dear, I just I just closed the window. I mean, uh, the Hollow DJ just turned off the California Adventure simulation we were just in. <laughs> that's what I mean. I think that's a that's kind of, that's kind of the the most perfect music we've had for, for this section of the show yet. Look, I think <laughs> really we're on heroic. Own, we're on our own California friendly. adventure every time we're together, Andy. Have we ever? Oh, we've been we've been to Disneyland in a group together, but we've never you and I have never taken a trip to Disneyland. No, no. But uh, I've know. always tried you to get you to pull pull those strings and get me in for the. Uh, for the club 33 but that's uh yes that's true you do you do ask for those strings to be pulled but uh you know those strings have gone cold though uh i mean look they've gone cold because california ventures closed but i could i could hit up hardwick and say hey whenever uh, club 33 reopens keep me on your your good list not your naughty list or is now the time to go to it might be the only time to go it's empty (laughs) Um, no, that's a, that's a totally joke. Everyone, uh, you know, we don't say it at the, uh, in the show enough. Uh, take care of yourselves. Wear a mask. Distance. Uh, I don't know why that part's become politicized, but uh, on this, in this show, I we're think firmly on the side. We like science <laughs> here on the program. So take care of yourselves and your family. If you like and science. people you don't know. <laughs> if you also like science then you've come to the right place two people who know nothing of it but respect when people who do know of it tell us what to do 
Thanks so much. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Now's the time when it's okay to eat like Matt and Andy. That's right. Get that mayo on your keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a nice leftover turkey sandwich up. with mayo, uh, cranberry, some stuffing, some turkey. Oh, nice. Oh, just go nice. to town. Make sure you get some good bread, everybody. Enjoy oh, it. This has been really a treat. I'm going to go eat some turkey. Disengageal. Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President's Circle for $17.01 per month.